welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, April the 13th. 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this week is known to believers here in the United States and around the world as Holy Week as we approach Good Friday, which will be on Friday, and then ultimately the climax of Christian faith, which is Easter, which we will experience this Sunday. And you know, the resurrection is truly the single most important event in human history. And so many times we tend to focus on the cross. We tend to think about Jesus dying on the cross. And even as we share the gospel, the gospel message that we usually prevent, present starts about Jesus on the cross. But the truth of the matter is the glorious thing about our faith, the glorious thing about Christianity is that Jesus didn't stay on that cross and he didn't stay in that grave. But on Easter Sunday, he rose conquering death once and for all. It was not good enough that God just paid the price for our sin, but what makes it glorious is that not only did he pay the price, but he conquered our penalty so that truly no one has to go through that penalty again. He has conquered the penalty so that we can live free in Christ. And Beloved, what what Dr. Rick and I want to discuss is not only the importance of Easter, which we will do from a theological standpoint today, but also the way that Easter Sunday fuels the mission of what we do every day in our lives and certainly what we do here at Lifeline. And it is the reason that we defend the fatherless. We're not looking to just change the zip code or change or reorient the place of a child or a woman or a vulnerable family, but we are truly trying to introduce them to a savior who will change and reorient their life. And so that is why we defend the fatherless. But before we get into that discussion, I want to remind you about Mission Kid. Mission Kid is a free resource for churches or families to perfectly complement your camp, your backyard Bible club, your VBS, or other ministry program for children. It can be in the summer or something that you do throughout the year. This year, we take a journey to Ukraine. And obviously, the Lord was sovereign, even as we chose Ukraine uh, last summer to highlight. Who would have known what was happening in Ukraine? And so uh, we're going to explore the lives of the vulnerable children who, unfortunately, have been made more vulnerable because of the conflict we see now. We're going to talk about how our partners share God's hope through practical care and the gospel. Lifeline's curriculum includes lesson materials such as daily videos, teaching guides, and promotional materials like printable flyers and graphics to use on social media. You can visit our website, lifelinechild.org backslash mission-kid. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash mission-kid or see our show notes for more details. Well, it is that time where we have the opportunity to bring on the venerated, the distinguished, the illustrious, the renowned, and the venerable Dr. Rick. And Dr. Rick, certainly this week, we are celebrating Holy Week. We're looking to Good Friday. But ultimately today, what we want to talk about is the, the, the paramount day, which is Easter Sunday to the believer. Herbie, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, venerated, does that mean I'm dead? It just really means that you're celebrated. 
And I think someone who's venerated, even while they're living, I mean, that's that's just great. Well, I, you know, I just I wanted to make sure I took I took my pulse for just a second just to make sure because I, you know, the the, the accolades are usually those that are reserved for you know people that have gone on to be with Jesus, and and so I'm I'm a little overwhelmed. I, I before before we jump into talking about Easter, I do want to say. Um, as well for folks that may be thinking about Mission Kid, that um, we've made some adaptations to Mission Kid um, to to kind of bring it forward in light of the war in Ukraine, and so we're we're treating that subject very carefully. And you know, we obviously know with children that that we want to be um, you know we want to be measured in in what we say, but uh, but we certainly are acknowledging and and talking about that greater vulnerability. And so I think for uh, churches and families that are out there that you're saying, hey, we're we're trying to figure out how to talk to our kids about um, the war. That's this is a really good tool, and uh, and so I'm really proud of our team and the work that they've done. You know, on that, um, I I think you know you're you're exactly right in in what you said that um, we do have a tendency, I think, to to you know we sing about and and we talk about and we focus on the cross. The cross is kind of our our symbol. Um, you know, I heard somebody say one time, and I, this is a little weird, you know, quip, but you know, the fact that we wear the cross as jewelry is a little bit like wearing an electric chair <laughs> as you know as jewelry like we we focus on on the the death of Jesus because it is incredibly meaningful for us but that ultimately we you know we want to acknowledge that that Jesus getting up out of the grave and and showing his sovereignty and his authority over um, everything that has been created and and that and showing himself to to be the creator and the redeemer is like it's the most noteworthy thing that we have and 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 so I think as we you know as we think about Easter and and as we're kind of you know pitching forward into this week to look at um, just our lives in light of the resurrection, one of the things we kind of want to talk about today is the importance of the resurrection, like why it's so significant, um, because I think it's good for us to put our minds there and for us to, you know, kind of dwell and just sort of soak in the uh, just really the the dramatic nature um, of the, the resurrection. I think, you know, I think we struggle today with something Paul saw the church at Corinth struggle with. And, and it's the idea that that a lot of folks have in the church have really kind of come to a place to say, well, you know, if people don't believe the resurrection, if they don't believe that Jesus rose bodily, if they don't, then, you know, still, like, what does that really mean? You know, isn't, isn't Jesus really still Jesus? Isn't God really still God? Isn't, you know, doesn't that... And, and Paul like addressed that head on with the church and in Corinth and said, no, like it is, it's vitally important. And your hope and my hope is, is tied up in the fact that Jesus really did do what, um, you know, what the resurrection says that he did and that he really did die physically, um, abandon his body and, and then, um, come back and inhabit that body and walk again and that that's that's really truly where our hope is and so you know I just first Corinthians 15 12 through 18 is a really great verse for us to you know kind of jump into and 
and think about it. And he says, Paul says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, but but if but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Um, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile. Um, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we of all people are to be most pitied. And, you know, I mean, Herbie, we, I, I think on a daily basis, we, we stare into the face of, in the space that Lifeline inhabits, uh, a conversation around the world that says, why are you guys talking about Jesus so much? And why are you so focused on who Christ is? Because, because there are kids that are suffering and there, there are families and vulnerable women that are suffering around the world. And so why, why do you hold to, um, this thing about the gospel and 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 why don't you partner more widely and 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 do things more broadly in order to ease suffering and brother it's that right <laughs> like that's the that's the thing that that we you know we try to keep our our feet anchored to and i i appreciate and i'll i'll say publicly i appreciate your leadership um among our team here to um and and the and the long track record of you know now almost 20 years we're turning the corner on 20 years of 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 you um, reminding lifeline on a regular basis that this is our hope and 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 that we we're not trying to make a better better earthly life for people if that happens that's that's great um but that there is a greater hope that we you know that we have to press into yeah. And and I think even being able to to anchor ourselves in that hope is based on Easter morning and it is based on the resurrection, right? Because we know for a fact if Jesus Christ was crucified and he doesn't raise from the dead, uh but he's still in a tomb, then that's just another crucifixion. It's it's just another execution. It's just another capital punishment. It's it's not hope. The reason that uh, that hope we have so much hope is because, as Paul continues to say in First Corinthians fifteen, is because in fact Jesus was raised from the dead, and and he stands in contrast to every other religious leader and every other person in that being fully man and fully God, he took on our full uh, punishment at the cross. But being fully God, he conquered death and life once and for all. And, and I love the way Paul ends. Therefore, sting has the death has no sting and it has no victory because Christ has swallowed that up in the resurrection. And, you, you know, one of the things that you mentioned just a minute ago is how many of our songs and how many of our postures talk about the cross, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that some of those songs aren't theologically rich, you know, but we, we, we talk about the power of the cross, the wondrous cross. But the truth of the matter is the cross is wondrous because of the resurrection. And one of my favorite songs 
is in Christ alone as written by the Gettys. Uh, and, and part of the reason, and, and if you'll indulge me, I, I'd love to share those lyrics, is the last three verses, you know, one of the last three verses talks about the life and the death of Christ, but the last two talk about the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. And that, as a Christian, really is where we should be. And Easter reminds us is, yes, the cross is important, but it's, it's, it is one-third of of the glorious gospel. The other two thirds is the resurrection and now the power of the resurrection that helps us live. So this theologically rich song, verse two of the song is, you know, in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, the gift of love and righteousness. He was scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ, I live. And unfortunately, you're, you're right, Dr. Rick. So many of us just rest there and we talk about that and the cross of Christ and the, the, the substitutionary atonement of Christ that he took on our penalty. But that's glorious because of, of what you read in First Corinthians 15, what we see in Corinthians 15. And I love the way they say it. There in the ground, his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave, he rose again and he stands now, what, in victory. And so now sin's curse, I love what they say, has lost its grip on me for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is precious because of the resurrection of Christ. The cross is glorious because Christ has defeated death and now stands in power. And then that last verse is the is what we stand on. I, and the reason I wanna read these lines is because even as we talk about what the resurrection means, and even as we talk about in the rest of our time, how that fuels our, our ministry, this is, this is so aptly said in this song. So now there's no guilt in life. There's no fear in death. And this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell and no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Until he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. And as believers, we stand in power because we know that Christ has defeated once and for all sin, the grave. And, we, and, for, and for these years at Lifeline, these 41 years, we can stand true in the gospel. And we can stand true in the gospel against the, the schemes of man, we could stand true in the gospel uh, against those who doubt our commitment, not because we're just resolute or stubborn, but because we have the hope of the resurrection. And so physical resurrection is vitally important, and not just for Christ, but also for us. And 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 Dr. Rick, I'd love for you just to talk about the, the theological implications that if the resurrection from the dead is true, then then what? I think, you know, Herbie, I'm going to kind of jump into that by talking about something that's just really practical and kind of in personal. You know, like last week, I had the opportunity to go to um, a friend, dear, dear friend of mine, to his father's funeral. Um, and the, the rest of that story is that um, we prayed for his dad for over 30 years. Um, and he he was, I'm sorry, like I, I didn't uh, didn't expect to cry, but you know, I'm a cry baby. He like, he was one of the sweetest, most honest, um, fun to be around dear men that, that I've ever had the chance to know. 
Um, but for all of my life, knowing him, 30 years of walking with him, um, he, he didn't know Jesus and he wasn't walking with the Lord. And, and, and in the last, um, in, in the last years, in the last days of his life, um, the Lord was very kind and very gracious to him. And, and he gave his life to Christ and it, it and, and I'm telling you, like sitting in that moment of a, a, a chapel full of people who were, were, talking about him, it was just, it was a really poignant reminder that sure, we could talk about all the fun times that we had had with him. And we talk, we could talk about all the, all the laughs and all the things and, and, and all the ways that he helped people and served people and all that. But in that moment, people were clinging to the fact that this was not the end of the story. And, and the thing, the thing that was the, like what was hopeful and, and what, what made that moment bearable was that, that we know that we will see him again. And, 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 and that's only because, because Jesus got up out of the grave. And so like, we have the confidence to know that we're going to see him again because not because he's a great guy or not, but we have have that confidence because 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 Jesus and and the and that the Lord can do that and accomplish that and he has accomplished that for us and and so that's you know that's where our our confidence rests and and so I think it you know there are things about the resurrection we we know that to 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 worship a risen Christ means that Jesus is reigning <laughs> Like he is the Lord and he and he is on his throne and he will accomplish everything that he said that he will accomplish. And so our hope in the future and and our hope of a world that is freed from sin and freed from darkness, like it rests in the fact that Jesus got up out of the grave and and he is the one who has the authority to do that. We, we trust that when we when we press in with the gospel and when we take the message of, um, of, of Jesus and his work to the world, that it's going to be fruitful. And we know the reason that's going to happen is because, because ultimately um, the, the power of Christ is, is manifest in that. Like we, we know that we're not, not only are we indwelt, by the Holy Spirit, not only do we bear the Spirit of Christ, but that Jesus is working through us, and and that it's not us, it's not us on our own talking, it's not on us on our own serving, it's it's Christ serving through us, and and you know, and, and so like all of us know our fallibility and our frailty and our, our our limitations, but but the boldness comes because we know that Jesus isn't limited, and how do we know that? We know it most fully because. Because he got up out of the grave, and he and he did something nobody else could do, or you know could could lay claim to. Um, you know, we we know that that we can trust the word of God, and we can trust the the church that's been handed to us because because Jesus has the power in order to be able to sustain those things. And so when we start teasing out like. How do we trust the apostles? How do we know they weren't crazy? How do we know, you know, how do we know that the word of God that's been delivered to us is 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 pure? And we, we, we look at it through the lens of the fact that we know that Jesus is who he says he is because because of the resurrection and and that 
and and that you know I think that you know and these are these moments sometimes in Easter sermons where we start talking about the you know 600 people that saw Jesus after the you know after the resurrection and the scope of all those kinds of the kinds of things and 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 the fact is that um, you know you alluded to it earlier. Uh, we can we can find a place where Confucius is buried. We can find a place where Buddha is buried. We can, you know, you you run the list of Joseph Smith is is dead and buried, and 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 there's a place where his you know the dust of his bones reside. Um, the only one in human history that that's not true of is Jesus, and um, and 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 for two thousand years that story has stood. You know, unchallenged and untainted, and un you know unrewritten, and um, and and so even even the fact that we have the same gospel today that that the that the church had and bore two thousand years ago is is evidence to the fact of the of like the power of Christ that God has the power to sustain the story and to protect the word, and you know I, I think. And this, I know, I'm chasing a little bit of a rabbit, but I think one of the things that in in seminary that, because um, seminary can be an experience where it's it, it's not always faith affirming. Sometimes it's faith challenging, and some of the things you see and some of the things you hear, you know, it kind of causes you to take the the bricks out of the wall that maybe you put in in Sunday school and to look at them in a much deeper way. And I think like thinking about the process of canonization and how we got the word of God and you know all of those things for some people can be a little bit of a kind of an unwrapping experience but but I remember a moment very vividly sitting in a church history class and and studying the middle ages and and just realizing that that the people who had perverted the church and and who had really fundamentally changed the gospel the, they were they were people that could read, and and so if they'd wanted to change the faith, all they had to do was rewrite the Bible. <laughs> like if they wanted to solidify the lies that they were telling, all they had to do was to was to do away with the Word of God, and they couldn't, they didn't, and and the Word of God remained, and so Martin Luther um, grasped onto a Word of God that was protected. Like, brother, that's because that's because Jesus got up out of the grave in bodily form and it's because he's alive and, and that the protection you know the protection of God the very presence of Christ has protected the word of God and and empowered the church and all these things and so I think when we when we stare into the face of, of difficult things and 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 challenging circumstances and messes in life, my goodness, like we can look back over the whole of history and say, man, God has, God has accomplished and he continues to accomplish and, and I am his and he is mine. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so what that, like, that's good news. And I love to, I've, I've heard it said so many times, you know, even as we look at the resurrection, um, you know, I think so many times sin and this this fallen world has has dulled our senses to the unexpected and to the miraculous. And and so we anything outside of a physical reality 
just it, it's unbelievable. And you know, I I go back to the apostles and and those men who we historically know lived. Like we we have so much historical fact that Jesus lived and that those men lived. So no one debates, even atheists and agnostic, that Jesus lived. That's not a that's not up for debate. He lived as sure as people are are are, are sure that George Washington lived. He lived, right? The question always becomes, did, did he really raise from the dead? And that's really where everything hinges about Jesus is, did he really raise from the dead? And the apostles, to me, give me the greatest hope, right? Because before the, before the crucifixion, they scatter. They're scared to death. Even the most brash among them who was stubborn and strikes off the ear of the, high, of the, the soldier that's coming in Gethsemane is Peter. And he runs like a wounded chicken and denies Christ three times. Yet, after the resurrection and seeing the Christ, why would these scared guys who even on Easter Sunday morning were hiding in a room scared to death for their own lives still that they would be identified with Christ and that they too would be crucified? Why would these scared men all of a sudden become so bold that they were willing to risk their lives to spread the glory of this gospel. And again, men that we historically know lived and wrote and did these things, we historically know they were all martyred years after Christ was, was crucified on the whole idea that Christ was raised from the dead. I mean, yes, there are other things that root my hope in the resurrection, but but my uh, my logical, rational mind looks to the apostles and goes, that doesn't happen unless you know for a fact that your Lord and Savior has risen from the dead and in fact did conquer death. And, and the boldness, and I, one of my favorite verses in Acts is that the Sanhedrin was completely astounded when they saw the, the boldness and the faith of James and John and Peter, I'm, the Sanhedrin that had put Christ to death is remarkably, like, oh, uh, 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 just just overwhelmed by by the boldness and the faith of these men that had scattered. So, I, I think for sure, not just because of the apostles, but because of all the things you've said, and faith being the the ruling uh, ingredient there. We have confidence, and that confidence actually is what fuels our mission, and it fuels our ministry. Um, it changes, and it colors the way we look at the things around us. And so um, we, we, we risk it all, not because we're some thrill seekers or because we're throwing caution to the wind, but because we honestly know what can this life do to us, what can sickness, what can hardship, what calamity do to us, when we have the hope of the gospel, that this life is not what is not everything that we have, and that we too, as our Savior, those of us who have faith in Him and believe in Him and place our trust in Him, we too will be resurrected. And so we look at illness and we look at hardship differently. Uh, we look at life differently and the end of life differently. We we don't grieve as those without hope, but we grieve as those with great hope. It, it fuels the way we look at the economy and the war in Ukraine. And ultimately, it gives us urgency for the work that we do. And Dr. Rick, I know that's why you and I talk so many times. The stories that encourage us are, yes, uh, like stories that we're seeing unfolding even now in Ukraine, where we're able to help kids that 
have families that are willing to adopt them, get to those families and get out of hardship and hard places. Obviously, we grieve for the physical realities of a fallen world. And we are 100% motivated to go and to help folks that are in the throes of hardship, that uh, are, are, are hurting, that uh, are, are in the midst of a war zone. But the stories that truly give us great hope is when we hear about kids that have placed their hope in, and, and, and their life in, in the power of Christ Jesus. Uh, the, the stories that give us hope is we, we see those, those, those families that have gone through families count. And they haven't just gotten their kids back into their home, but their lives are being rearranged and reoriented by the gospel of Christ Jesus so that now they're teaching their kids the gospel and their whole, their whole life has be, been reoriented by the gospel. That gospel hope is what fuels this mission. Because even if you look at so far what's happened in 2022, really even the last two years, it feels like we've gone from one calamity to the next. And if we were just motivated by helping people in calamity, we would run out of gas, bro. Like, you know, there's just too much going on for us to continue to say, let's press on because, you know, as soon as this conflict, Lord willing, in Ukraine is over, we all know there's going to be something else. And, uh, it's, it's, it's like when everyone was waiting for the end of 2020, looking for 2021 and 2021 ended up being harder than 2020. There's always going to be calamity. There's always going to be hurt. What fuels the mission is the hope that this life in this world is not the end. And and I and it gives an urgency. You know, I think and and I think, you know, we talk about that a lot among ourselves. And and the fact is, like, why do we continue to do what we do? We do it because of the hope of the gospel, but it's also because because people are living and dying without it. Mm. Like there's a world full of people that that don't know and and haven't yet followed Jesus and 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 there are kids that are growing up in circumstances where they're deprived of the gospel and and they're far from the gospel because of the circumstances of their birth or the dysfunction of their family or those kinds of things and so that's that's the urgency of why we press in and do what we do and i and i think we i think we can admit very honestly, that if if that were not true, and if that were not something that we carried into this every day, um, we would be overwhelmed and quite possibly, um, you know, bordering on insanity. <laughs> like, I think I think when you when you when you press into the dark places and the need and the and, and, and like you said, there's always another crisis. There's always another calamity because we live in a world that's been broken by sin and everything um, is not as it should be. And, and so we, we live in the middle of this toxic soup of a world um, that, that every day all of us get up and, and, and press into and serve, but, but but like if all you're going to do is serve and not really change anything, that's pretty hopeless or change things for a moment or change things temporarily. But the the message of the gospel is that when we carry the gospel to people that are vulnerable, that's the one change that endures. It's the one change that lasts. And it's the one change that that has hope for 
has has hope for the future because we know, right, that there is a day coming when Jesus is going to establish his kingdom and all of these things that we fight against that are broken are not going to be broken anymore and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and and all of these, you know, all of these blessed things that Christ has promised to us. And man, we know we can count on that because because Jesus keeps his word. Because he said he was going to get up out of the grave and he said he was going to live again and he said he wasn't going to die and stay dead and he didn't. <laughs> and so and so like we we can press on because Jesus is exactly who he says he is and and we never are. <laughs> and and so you know I I just pray that in this Easter Sunday and and in this day that we set aside that sometimes gets you know caught up in Sunday lunch and pretty clothes and you know traffic jams trying to get in and out of church and all the all the stuff that you know that comes along with um, with Easter that in the midst of a world right now that is difficult and and where we see calamity kind of around every corner that I, I just I pray for you and for me and for everybody listening to this podcast and for and for all of those that are you know, that are children of God to just rest in the comfort and in the security and in the safety and in the inevitability (laughs) that because Jesus got up out of the grave and because he's alive, um, we will live and he will live with us and we will be empowered to do those things that, that he wants for us to do and that one day we'll be united with him and and all of this will be, you know, but a memory. But until that, as we're slogging through the middle of all the garbage, um, he's here now. <laughs> and and the resurrection is as true today as it as it will be in the future, and it was the day it happened. Um, and and so um, we can do anything because because Christ is with us. Um, and we need to be thankful. <laughs> Amen. And and I think as we close, we want to remind everyone that's listening to this podcast that we have hope because of the resurrection. And we press on because of the resurrection. And we don't compromise because of the resurrection. Because Christ is who he says he is. Because he has made a new way for us, we go forward standing true in God's word, knowing that God's grace and mercy is not by us making something that's called sin, not sin. God's grace and mercy for us is by calling sin, sin, and realizing how desperately we need that Savior who has conquered sin once and for all. And so when we look out at the landscape of what's going on, even in child welfare, we don't try to validate sinful nature within children or validate sinful nature within families. Instead, we call sin, sin, and introduce them to the one that came to take that away and who conquered that on Easter morning. And so from all of us here at the Defender Podcast, for Dr. Rick, um, the venerated one, and myself, 
we tell you this, there is one, as we joke around about Dr. Rick being venerated and illustrious, um, there is one who is greater and he is the greatest. And we honor him this Easter. And we realize that the hope of our faith, the hope of our lives, the hope of our mission, and the reason of our ministry hinges on this one day, Easter Sunday, when we celebrate the resurrected Savior. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.